Congregation, the text for this morning's sermon is found in the first passage we read from. The focus will be on Numbers chapter 10, the verses 1 through 10, and let us read those words again. And the Lord said to Moses, Make two trumpets of hammered silver and use them for calling the community together and for having the camp set out. When both are sounded, the whole community is to assemble before you at the entrance to the tent of meeting. If only one is sounded, the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, are to assemble before you. When a trumpet blast is sounded, the tribes camping on the east are to set out. At the sounding of the second blast, the camps on the south are to set out. The blast will be the signal for setting out. To gather the assembled blow the trumpet, but not with the same signal. The sons of Aaron, the priests, are to blow the trumpets. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you and the generations to come. When you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who is oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord your God and rescued from your enemies. Also at your times of rejoicing, your appointed feast and new moon festivals, you are to sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, and they will be a memorial for you before your gods. I am the Lord, your God. And so far, our text. And after the proclamation of God's word, let us respond in song. Let us sing from Psalm 150, all stanzas. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the clarion. When you hear this word, you most likely think of the Canadian Reform magazine. This is a church magazine which you're encouraged to read. This is the magazine which has many good articles based on, on God's word. But the clarion I wish to draw your immediate attention to is, is different. When you get home from church... You should look very closely at the cover of this magazine. For there is a clarion, in fact, there are two clarions on the cover of Clarion. This is the reason why the magazine is called the Clarion. It's on the cover. We have a figure of two men blowing on trumpets, on clarions. And below this little figure, we have our text of this morning, Numbers 10, the verses 1 through 10. And as we read in our text of this morning, these two men were priests, called by God to to blow on trumpets otherwise known as clarions. As a clarion is a kind of, of trumpet. And yes, the word clarion comes from Latin. And that word means, yes, clear. For yes, God required that clear sounds come from these trumpets. Because with these trumpets, God gave his clarion calls, his clear calls to his people. His clear and loud and distinct calls or sounds, not garbled or strange or confusing sounds, were to come from these trumpets. Indeed, with these trumpets, these clarions, the loud and clear sounds of God's voice, of God's word, were to be heard by the people. 
and his word is to resound. It's to come back to him from us. We too must call out to him with clear and and loud sounds. We must echo his word in, in our response, in our prayers, our singing, our confession of faith. And so, beloved, God's word then comes to you this morning, summarized under this theme. Using the trumpets, God has his word sound forth and resound. We'll pay attention to two things. First, the sounds of the trumpets are a call from God. And second, the sounds of the trumpet are a call to God. I repeat, using the trumpets, God has his word sound forth and resound. We'll pay attention to the sounds of the trumpets that are a call from God, and then the sounds of the trumpet that are a call to God. This beloved, the Lord God was leading his people on the way to the promised land of Canaan. His having delivered them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, God was leading them through the desert to the promised land of rest. And yes, the Lord God traveled with them, you could say, in the pillar of cloud. And when the people were encamped, that cloud of his presence came to rest above the tabernacle, the tent of meaning. But whenever it was time to get up and travel further along towards the promised land, yes, that cloud lifted up from the tent and, and the Israelites would set out. And whenever that cloud settled, they stopped and they would encamp again. And so, yes, with their eyes, they were always to watch the cloud of God's presence. If so, the Lord God led his people along the way of salvation. But this was not the only way that God gave direction and guidance to his people there in the desert. They were also to use their ears. They were to hear the call of the silver trumpets of God. And in fact, when they would enter the promised land and the cloud of his presence would come to rest only in one place, these silver trumpets would be even more helpful. More helpful, yes, in calling and directing God's people. And so, yes, the Lord God gave the command to Moses, make two two trumpets of, of hammered silver. Eventually more of these, these silver trumpets would be made in the time of King David. 120 silver trumpets were made just for use in that great orchestra which led the singing of God's praises there in the temple made by his son Solomon. But initially, yes, there were only to be, yes, two silver trumpets. And what did these silver trumpets look like? Well, we don't know for sure, but according to Josephus, the, the Jewish historian who lived in the time of Jesus, they were about a, a cubit in length. It's about that long. And they were shaped narrow tube, slightly thicker than a flute, with a bell-shaped ending, very simple instrument, didn't appear to have any valves on it like like today's trumpets. Now let's be clear, there were different kinds of trumpets in use among God's people. 
There were not just these, these two silver trumpets. There were also such things as the ram's horn. We all know that, you see the picture of that of the ram's horn curled up like this. If you look in your English Bible, it also is called often, yes, a trumpet. Now what was the difference? What was the difference between that silver trumpet described in our text and, and the ram's horn, also called in scripture a trumpet? Well, the silver trumpets which, which God commanded Moses to make were to be, you can say, holy trumpets. To be used only by the priests. That's what we read there in, in verse 8. The sons of Aaron, the priests, were to blow on these silver trumpets. Indeed, only those of the tribe of Levi had this special task of blowing on these, these holy instruments. As for the ram's horn, yes, this instrument was also used by the priests. For example, it was the priests who blew on the ram's horn when they set about conquering Jericho. But this ram's horn was not just used by the priests, it was also used by military leaders from the other tribes of Israel, used like and men like Ehud and Gideon and, and Saul and, and Joab. Now these, these instruments, the silver trumpets and the ram's horns, were used together at times. It's evident from, from Psalm 98, which we just sang. There it says, make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing with the trumpets, that is the silver trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. And again in Hosea 5 verse 8, both trumpets are, are mentioned together. There the prophet of God proclaims, sound the trumpet, the silver trumpet in Gibeah, the ram's horn in, in Ramah. Now, what kind of sounds came out of these instruments, out of these trumpets? Well, the sound of the ram's horn was a muffled sound, but alarming sound. The sound of the silver trumpet was, was strong and, and clear and, and piercing. Our focus is on those silver trumpets, and it's a number of different sounds would come out of these silver trumpets. But the number was actually quite few as there were no valves on this trumpet. And so, yes, the priests were trained to make those few different sounds, and these different sounds had different purposes. Yes, these sounds were, were meant to be heard by God's covenant people, all of them. Yes, with the sound of the silver trumpets, God could call out to his entire congregation, that immense throng there in the desert, Yes, as we know from Numbers 1, this was a congregation that numbered some 600,000 fighting men and probably some 3 million people in total. And so you needed something like a silver trumpet to call out to them. That way you could reach them all. And so yes, using these trumpets, the Lord God would call out to his people to, to gather them, to lead them, to guide them on the way of salvation, on the way to the promised land of rest. And so yes, different sounds came out of these trumpets for different purposes. Yes, when both of these silver trumpets were sounded, the whole congregation would assemble before Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Is using both trumpets. 
God called out to his entire congregation, younger and older alike, come gather together before me here in the tabernacle. Yes, as the prophet Joel would say later, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a, a holy fast, a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breasts. Very clearly, and then the blast of both silver trumpets, God called his entire congregation into his presence for worship. Now when God commanded only only one silver trumpet to be sounded, only the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, were to assemble before, before Moses. You could say with just one trumpet sounding, God called a consistory meeting together in his presence. Now besides these two distinct and clear sounds for gathering, there were, there were other sounds coming out of the Lord's silver trumpets. There were also distinct sounds of, of alarm. There were sounds to be made on the trumpet calling God's people to break camp and head towards the promised land behind the ark of God's presence. When the first alarm was sounded from this trumpet, this was a call for the east side of the camp of Israel to set out. And which tribes were on the east side? Well, the tribe of Judah, as well as the tribe of Issachar and Zebulun. Yes, remember, Judah was the tribe which God required to lead the way into the promised land. And when a distinct sound was made on the trumpet, yes, then the tribe of Judah from which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would come, would, would take the lead of the congregation of Israel on the way of salvation. Yes, this tribe would lead the others towards the promised land, the land of rests. And then when the trumpet was blown in alarm a second time, then the camp on the south side would set out. And which tribes were on the south side? Well, the tribe of Reuben, as, as well as the tribes of Gad and Simeon, and then, yes, indeed, these, these three tribes would follow behind the first three mentioned before. And then the rest would follow in behind them. And so they would, as an entire congregation, go towards the promised land. And so you see these silver trumpets blew different signals for different purposes. And all these different calls, all these different blasts were all clear and loud and distinct. And there were other sounds for other purposes. And they're mentioned further on in our text and we'll deal with them later. And so you can see, beloved, the sound of these silver trumpets pointed to the sound of God's voice. The call of God's word. Indeed, these two were connected to each other. And so you see, for example, in, in Exodus 19 there, the Lord's voice heard at Mount Sinai is associated with a, with a loud trumpet. And, and this becomes even more clear in the New Testament in Revelation 1, where the Apostle John wrote, On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like, like a trumpet. And this loud voice was the voice of the Lord God. Yes, so the Lord God calls out with his word like, like a trumpet, with great clarity, with great authority and, and power. And so you can say, as his minister, I am, I am the trumpet player. 
Sure, I don't play a silver trumpet. This type of the Old Testament is gone. But the truth and the substance of the Lord's trumpet calling out to us, that remains. He says, Minister, I, I sound forth his word. Yes, so he calls us through his word to gather, for example, here for, for worship. But do we heed this clarion call of the Lord God? Is he calls us every Lord's day to meet with him and with one another? Do we hear that clear call for worship? He called us here this morning. He also calls us here this afternoon. But do we always gather before him twice in the Lord's day? Are we here as often as, as we could be? And do we take the time to prepare to come here? Do we quickly say, well, I'm not feeling well or a little too tired to come here? Do we, yes, think it's increasingly acceptable, yes, to ignore that call to worship? Do we take a pass on it even when we're on holidays? Remember, he clearly calls us by his word to worship him. For we need his help. We need the working of his grace and spirit every week again. If we don't come here to hear his word, we become spiritually weak and feeble. And when we do come here, do we come in a spirit of humility or haughty defiance? Do we come desiring to submit to the preaching or do we come thinking the preaching doesn't do too much for me? I could do much better staying at home. Beloved, let us heed the trumpet call of our God to come here and to to worship him, to listen to his words. For yes, in the preaching of the word, he also calls. He calls us to salvation in Jesus Christ. Yes, through his son, Jesus Christ, he calls out to us loud and clear, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes, so he calls out to us, Calls out with salvation for us. And to receive that salvation, he calls out to us, yes, to repent each day again. To every day turn away from our sins and towards him in faith. As, as Isaiah the prophet said, by God, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day to day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways. Is there that eagerness to know God's way, to follow in God's way, the way of true faith and repentance? As he calls out to us loud and clear, Come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me along the way. The way of salvation, on the way to eternal life. The way to the promised land, the heavenly homeland, the new Jerusalem, is this is the way we must go. And so the preaching of God's word gives us direction, direction to all of us. And so let us go this way together. Let no one be left behind. For let no one think that he can make it there on his own. But do we hear the call of the trumpet of God? 
Yes, the proclamation of God's word must be loud, must be clear for all to hear, for all to understand, for all to believe and obey. There are to be no strange sounds being heard of the pulpit here in this church. There are also to be no strange sounds heard in the teaching in the catechism classes or in the reform school, in the reform magazines we read. There should be no strange sounds which confuse us as God's people. Well, that's what happens in times of deformation. In such times, there is no longer a clear call to worship. And that call of God to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, it becomes garbled or non-existence. Now may the Lord God clearly call out to us time and again with his word to worship here, to repent and believe to go forward in the way of salvation towards the promised land of heaven. Now yes, the Lord God commanded the priests to blow on those trumpets, those silver trumpets, those silver clarions. Yes, the sons of Aaron were to do this work. For remember, they were to serve as mediators between God and his people. They were to mediate between the two parties of the covenant They were the ones who were busy with the ministry of reconciliation. They were the ones who brought the atoning sacrifices for the sins of the people. So they were to help us bring peace between God and his people. And in this way our most holy God could live among his people, his sinful people. It's on the basis of their work that God could call out to them to follow him. Follow him in the way of salvation. And so, yes, the priests then had that responsibility to lead God's people with the trumpet blast, yes, on the way of salvation, on the way to the promised land. Beloved, does not the Lord God call us also today through a priest, through that great high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, thanks to his atoning sacrifice for our sins, we have peace with God, we have peace with each other. Yes, we have a relationship once again with our covenant father. So we belong to his congregation, and he will indeed gather and defend and preserve us as congregation. That's why he calls out to us, calls us here for worship, calls us to repent and belief, calls us to all follow him on the way of life, of salvation. And yes, as he calls out to us, we are to call back to him. For yes, the sound of the trumpets are also called to God. And that brings us to our second point. Realize, yes, the priests also use the trumpets on, on behalf of God's people. And that way there were to be other clear and distinct calls made on these silver trumpets. And these calls, yeah, indeed came from the people. Now these calls, these sounds are mentioned in the last two verses of our texts. There God said to Moses, when you go to war in your land against the adversary who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets that you may be remembered before the Lord your God and then you shall be safe before your enemies. Indeed, the silver trumpets were also to be sounded as an alarm in times of war. War in the land. And these trumpets could be heard then by God's people loud and clear. They were called in this way by God to to arms, to fight against their enemies. But at the same time, it was the people's call to the Lord God. 
They were saying to the Lord God, remember us. Remember your covenant you have made with us. So save us from our enemies. In this situation, the sound of the trumpet was also a call for, for God's help. It was a call to him to save them from their enemies. For beloved, the Lord God is almighty to save. You could say that with this trumpet blast, they called out to him in prayer. They were begging him in prayer, yes, to remember his covenant promise to save them, to deliver them from all their enemies. Yes, this is what happened when Israel came marching into the promised land and came up against their enemies, the Midianites. We read about this in Numbers 31. Moses said then to the people, Arm some of your men to go to war against Midian, to carry out the Lord's vengeance on them. Send into battle a thousand men from each of the tribes of Israel. And he sent them with him, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, who took with him, among other things, the trumpets, the silver trumpets for signaling. And these trumpets were to be sounded. In this way, God's people were to call out to him in prayer, or calling out to him, Rise up, O Lord! May your enemies be scattered. May your foes just flee before you. And our God promised to save them from all their enemies. And so, beloved, we also should call out to the Lord God in prayer. And so the trumpet should sound forth from us. Let us call out to him to remember his promises made to us. This is this way, yes, openly confess our dependence on the Lord God. Call out to him in prayer. And yes, let that be a real response from us. Not a mere repetition of God's word. Yes, guided by God's word and spirit, we as congregation should call out to him. And we call out to him with our own words. Let's call out to the Lord God with our own words of prayer. Words which, which, which agree with his words. In that way, let us be faithful in our prayers before him. Let us call out to him to bring us complete and and final victory. To rise up and pour out his wrath on our enemies. For the same call to God to come in his wrath on this world comes with the trumpet as mentioned there in the book of Revelation. As there in Revelation 8, we have the seven angels who stood before God And to them were given seven trumpets. And each one of these angels sounded God's trumpets. And they in this way announced, yes, the coming judgment of the Lord on this earth. For yes, beloved God punishes with a just judgment, both now and eternally. It's interesting to know what happened there with the seventh trumpet, as mentioned there in Revelation 11. There was not an announcement of of coming judgment, or rather it was an announcement of, of Jesus Christ being enthroned on high as the Lord of salvation, as it was said there, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. And so yes, with, with this last trumpet, there is not just a reason for fear and coming judgment, but also a reason for rejoicing. 
Indeed, the silver trumpets were also to be sounded for, for joyful occasions. As it says there in our text, as God said there to Moses, also at your, at your times of rejoicing, your appointed feasts, your new moon festivals, you are to sound your trumpets over the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings. They shall be a reminder of you before the Lord your God. Indeed, God commanded these silver trumpets to be sounded at the great feasts of Israel. At these very important times of remembrance in Israel. They were also sounded when in David's time the Lord God was enthroned in Jerusalem. When the ark of his presence was brought there into the tent. And the silver trumpets were also sounded with the enthronement of kings. The crowning of kings. Kings like, like Josiah. They were also sounded at the laying of the foundation of the temple. And the completion of the wall of Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile. Yes, they were sounded when the various offerings were, were offered on the altar during these times of celebration. And this is what happened in Israel during the reign of King Hezekiah. As the burnt offerings began to be offered up to God, singing to the Lord began also, as we can read there, accompanied by trumpets, those silver trumpets. And then as we can also read in that passage, the whole assembly bowed in worship while the singers sang and the trumpeteers played. And all this continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was completed. And so they, in the words of Psalm 98, shouted for joy to the Lord. They made music to the Lord. With the trumpets, the silver trumpets, with the blast also of the ram's horn. Yes, so in this way they called out to the Lord their God. They offered up to Him praise and thanksgiving. Yes, they resounded God's word in songs of praise, of adoration. And beloved, we're called to do the same. To echo His word in our prayers, our songs, our confession of faith. Yes, let us confess with our mouths so very loud and clear. The great works which God has done for us. Yes, let us echo God's word when, when we confess our faith. For yes, our creeds, are they not based on God's word? And let us also echo God's word when we pray. For are not our prayers based on God's word? And let us echo God's word when we sing. For our psalms and hymns, are, are they not also based on God's word? And so we can, with the help of the Spirit, with the working of the Spirit within us, echo to God the truth of His word of salvation for us. Yes, God's word should resonate in our response, our calling out to Him in confession, in prayer, and song. But does it? Are we clear about what we confess together as church? Do we know what our response as church is to God's word? Do we have that ever-increasing understanding of our creeds and confessions? Can we speak, yes, freely and joyfully about what we believe from God's word? Really, how can we as church be a witness to the world around us when we do not clearly know and be able to speak about what we confess from God's word? And what about our prayers to God? 
Are they filled, yes, with praise and adoration for our God? Do we take time in our prayers to speak of God's great attributes or characteristics? Do we praise Him, for example, for His love, for His mercy, His grace, but also for His holiness, His righteousness, and His goodness? Is Do we overflow with words of thanks for His great works of creation, redemption, and sanctification? Or are our prayers merely wishless? And what about our calling out to God in song and praise? Do we as congregation really desire to call out to Him in responsive song? When we sing here, are we truly engaged in calling out to Him in praise and thanks? Or are we merely mouthing the words? Yes, thanks to His great works in Jesus Christ, His Son, we have greater reason to always rejoice and sing according to His words. But do we enthusiastically praise God for the suffering, death, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement of His Son, Jesus Christ? Now, beloved, when we come to the end of time, there will be a trumpet sounding again. And it will be at the great feast of, of ingathering, the harvest feast, when all the harvest will finally be brought in. There at that final gathering of God's people from this earth into heaven, the trumpet will sound. As, as Matthew writes in his gospel, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds, with power and with great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one of the heavens to the other. And then as the Apostle Paul writes, we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of the eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed then the victory of Jesus Christ will be complete. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? O oh, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us then follow him to this great day. Let us follow him then to the heavenly homeland. Then we will celebrate full salvation in his holy presence forever. Amen.